0: Welcome to Hope Church Winter Garden. This week's podcast is part of our Jesus Is series. If you got a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 14. We're going to be in God's Word. Every week when you come here, we'll open up God's Word because it's a lot more, it's a lot more positive than what I would have to say. And uh, it makes more sense what I would have to say about life. And um, Man, we are in a, a series called Jesus Is... And um, last week we looked at the fact that Jesus is who he says that he is. And I'm glad that he is who he says he is. Because when you know who he is, <clears throat> when you know who he is, and you know that who he is in your life, and you decide that who he is, and you firm that up, whenever we know who he is, then we can be who we're called to be. We can be who we are called to be. And there's nothing more frustrating than living life and not knowing who you're supposed to be. There's nothing more frustrating than going every single day, Monday through Friday, or Monday through Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. There's nothing more frustrating than to walking through life and thinking, man, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know where I'm supposed to be going. I don't know what I'm supposed to be saying. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be acting like. And I barely know what I'm supposed to be wearing. And that's maybe more on Sunday mornings. Isn't Sunday morning like the hardest day to get ready for? Because you want to make sure you look right. You don't want to go to church not looking right, you know. You don't, like, you don't look like you're a crazy person, you know. Like, did you... Did you, did you get dressed in the dark? Like you don't want that when you get here. You want to make sure you got yourself together. But there's nothing more frustrating than going through life and not knowing where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to talk, how you're supposed to act around people. And so, man, we wanted, we wanted to take the next two or three more weeks and talk about the fact of who Jesus is, and I'm excited about today's. If you missed last week's, you can go um, to HopeWinterGarden.com, and you can listen to the sermon so you can feel like you've caught the whole sermon, and um, we're not going to give you a grade if you've been to all four weeks, but we'll be glad if you come to all four weeks. We don't take attendance, so we won't know if you've been here all four weeks, but you can definitely listen to all four-week sermon um, at, on the website, and uh, man, we're glad you guys are here. Um, I, uh, I left this week, um, Monday night, I woke up and did my normal Monday and then I went to um, school, and I dropped my kids off of school, and then Tuesday I woke up, and me and my daughter, um, we, we had the same food the night before, and we both woke up sick. Then Wednesday I went to church, and then Wednesday night I went to church again, and if you're new, you're like, I didn't even know we had church Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We don't. Um, I was at another church talking about how much I love this place, and how much I love you guys, and how kind you guys are, and how welcoming you guys are, and and how you look good. And I was spent most of my Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday talking about Hope Church and what's happening out here in Winter Garden. And then on Thursday morning, I did a normal day. And then Friday morning, I woke up. I flew to Alabama, flew to Atlanta. I drove three hours to, Atlanta, to um, Birmingham, did a wedding of a kid in our youth ministry that was in our youth ministry a while back, and drove back there on Saturday night. Got on the airplane, and got back about midnight. And um, I did the worst thing you could imagine. I took that little, a little cat nap on that little short flight from Atlanta to Orlando. And uh, not a big deal, but it was long enough to make me not want to go to sleep when I got here. And I'm already nervous enough on Sunday mornings just to like, make sure everything's going to be here. And you know if you've been here for a while, I mean, we pull a 24-foot trailer in here, and we use all this stuff that doesn't belong to us. And we got here today, and the projector didn't work. I laid hands on it and casted a demon out of the projector. I didn't know I could do that. And so if you have a demon inside you today, you come forward. I will lay you down right here. I'm just kidding. I can't do that. Um, but Jesus can, and I, I don't mind being the vessel for him, you know. You know, and so I did lay hands on that thing. I swear you can ask the guys. And so um, the demon came out, and that thing turned back on. And they looked at me like, you know, I'm, just the, I'm the guy that gets up here and speaks every week. And I walk up there to help them, and they're like, what's he going to do? He can't. He can't do anything. Like, he doesn't even know how to use a screwdriver. Like, what's he going to do up here trying to help us? And I'm like, I'm the pastor. I can pray. <clears throat> and so I literally spoke a demon out of that thing it turned back on. And today I looked at my team. I said, hey, listen, I, I don't know if I can pull a demon out of this thing every week. I said, so we're going to buy. Our church is going to buy a bulb for that projector. So if that ever happens again, we'll have a backup for this place. And so um, we're going to buy a bulb for this place because we love it. It's our, it's our home church. And um, anyway, so. Got back last night and I just been so excited. I've I've never been more excited to get on an airplane than I was last night to be with you guys. And um, so I was up and just tossing and turning and thinking about you guys. And I use all my—if you see me a lot—I don't use a lot of notes, but most of my notes go on a little iPhone. So I'm laying in my bed. Why do they make that iPod cord so stinking short? They didn't think we want to use our phones while we're in our bed, don't we? If you're American, you do like you. Want, and so I'm laying in bed doing the, you know, the dead arm thing where you're like sideways. And the, they did lock it for us, so whenever we lay down, the screen didn't turn for us. They did think about us, but like, I'm losing half of you guys. You're like, man, what's he talking about? <clears throat> Anyways, I'm just excited to be here with you guys. And um, in our, in this, in Winter Garden, we're starting to get a name already, and we're a baby church. We're four weeks old, and uh, we have people saying, man, I didn't know you guys did that, and I didn't know you guys were how long have you guys been going for? And I sat across the um, the table from a person at at Starbucks this week, shocker. And um, and he said, did you know that Winter Garden is the the church plant graveyard? And I said, no, I didn't. And, um, And here's what I know about life, and this is just a freebie. If God showed you the future, you would never take the step tomorrow. If he showed you the future, you wouldn't take the step tomorrow. So he just shows you just enough so you'll take that step. Does that make sense? If he showed you the future, you'd say, heck no. Heck to the nizzo. I'm not interested in that. He shows you just enough for you to take that little step and the next step and the next step and the next step. And I've told you guys this before, but, man, we want to start more churches. And you're like, man, we haven't, we're four weeks old, and I want to start more churches. I want to be in every high school in, in this area. I want to. I have a big vision from God to reach this area for Christ, and so, so in the last ten years, there's been over fifty. There's been forty nine church plants in the last ten years in Winter Garden. You know how many are still going? I'll tell you, four. Four, and you know me. I don't care. If you said to me, Satan's out there, dude, I'll go punch them in the face right now. I don't care. I'm nuts. I'll do anything for the gospel. And um, in our, in, in our core values, we say, we'll do anything short of sin to reach people. I will punch Satan in the face. I don't care. So when that guy said to me, I was like, oh, thanks. Now, the good news was is he, he was a church planter. He was, he was a pastor in the area. And he said, <clears throat> I said, man, well, I don't know why those church plants close, but I know this. At our place, I read every connection card that's filled out. And we get so many, I've sent our team we get so many positive reviews on those things. And you know what they're all about? They're not about the message. Or, or the message, the message or the messenger. It's about, man, we just, it's just a friendly place to be at. And we say this at our church, man, we want to be the friendliest church in Winter Garden. We also say this, you don't have to believe what we believe to belong here. If you're trying to figure out church and trying to figure out God, this is a good place to figure that out. If you're trying to figure out your relationships, this is a great place to figure that out. If you're trying to walk through addictions and trying to figure out how you're going to get out of your addiction, this is a great place to walk it out. If you're trying to figure out how to get through financial chaos and you need financial breakthrough, this is a good place to fi- figure it out. And we have a motto in our church. It's unwritten. It's not anywhere in our literature. But the bottom line is this. that There's no perfect people allowed here. So if you're perfect, number one, you're not. But if you thought you were, like, you won't like it here. Because everyone here, we say this at our church, everyone has something that they're going through. A hurt habit or a hang-up. Everyone's working through that. I woke up Tuesday morning, and I was inundated by people to say, man, can you pray for me? Hey, can you pray for me? When you guys fill those connection cards and say, hey, can you pray for us? We pray for all those connection cards. I lay hands on those piece of paper and I say, God, I pray that you would bring healing to this relationship. Or, God, could you make this person whole and make their, make this cancer leave this person's body? And, and we ask God to show up in the... In the We, sometimes they want to shut me up. They just turn the mic off. <clears throat> we ask God to show up in a mighty way. And so this is a place for healing. And I don't believe when you open up a place for healing and you make it all about Jesus, I don't believe it can shut down. I don't believe not even Satan can shut this down. And so he hates, he hates baby churches and um, he hates some bad. And so he's mad at us. Um, you know he's mad at us because you probably got in a fight on the way to church this morning with the person that you're sitting next to. Because Satan hates Sunday mornings, and so if you don't want to fight with your spouse on Sunday morning, I'm gonna tell you what I do: we drive separate. You got to get smarter. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to fight with your kids in the morning. If you live close enough, you make them walk to church. Sometimes you got to leave those little brats at home. You know what I'm saying? Make them feed themselves their own breakfast and, and say I'll be home after lunch. I'm going. And, and if they got high school kids, make them stay home and you go. You go to get a nice steak after church. Treat yourself. And when they get home they say, where have you been? You know, and your kids nowadays, they look at their parents like, where have you been at? And you look at your kid and say, you know, I, was, I went to Ruth's Chris. It's cheaper for one person than it's for two, and so I went by myself. But, man, we believe that this is a place of healing and a place of restoration, a place to find friends. <clears throat> it's even maybe for some people, it's a place for some of you guys, maybe you'll call it home. Because home is crazy where you're at. And so maybe this will be a home for you. Um, I have a, We have a guy on our team. He says, please never take me off of the parking lot. I love the parking lot. I said, why do you like the parking lot? He goes, because you just get to smile at people, say hi to them. And I, So anyways, I, he said, don't ever take me off that. I love being in there. And so if they're friendly out there, if the most friendliest person out there, it's that guy. You're like, man, why is that guy always happy? It's that guy. Um, if they're not happy, let me know. We'll replace them. <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll replace them with one of you guys in here today. we love for you to be a part of them what we have going on here at this church. Um, Last week, we looked at the fact Jesus is who he says he is. This week, I'd I'd like to have a talk or have a conversation with you called Jesus is Calling. Jesus is calling. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus is calling. Turn to the other person and say, you better answer. You better answer. Hey, um, there's nothing worse, mom and dads, this is your chance to say amen or to nudge your bro- your, your son or daughter. Um, there's nothing worse than when you call your kids and they don't answer. Yeah, nothing worse than that. Nothing, I mean, that is the worst, because because you, if you're a parent, you think it's what? You think it's disrespectful. Or if you've you got a high school kid, if they don't answer that cell phone that you pay for, moms and dads, you get mad, don't you? Or I start to see some of you guys getting a little bit nervous. Like, is he preaching to high school kids today? No, I got something for the adults, too. I'm going to get them in a minute. Uh, There's nothing worse than that. So when my kids, when when Diane says, Trip, come here, or Hope, come here, when they don't come to her, she gets so mad. And I'm so easygoing. I'm the easygoing one in our house, you can tell. Not emotional at all. I'm not crazy at all. I look at her and I say, well, man, maybe they didn't hear you. Like, I give them the benefit of the doubt. And she's like, oh, no, they heard me. You know, she's like, she gets all sisterish on me, you know. She's like, oh, no, you didn't. I'm I'm like, maybe they didn't hear you. So when I call them and they don't hear me, I know she wants to look at me and say, maybe they didn't hear you, you know. I don't care if they don't hear me. Like, I need a break from those kids. So, like, but there's nothing worse than when you call them and they don't. And Diana says, did you hear me calling you? And they're like, you know, they did hear me. Um. But there's nothing worse than that, than a call, or maybe you call, how many of you guys have a friend, they never answer their phone? You just, they just, they're not going to answer. Some of you guys are like, my wife. <clears throat> they just never, ever answer their phone. I made a phone call one time, and um, it was to my, at that point, it was my girlfriend, and um, who's now my wife. Thanks, Michelle. Did you make that happen? You did a good job. I appreciate that. I don't know what's wrong with me. Thanks for that bottle of water. I'll sip out of my coffee. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I need this. They, that's, this is code for... Man, that was my brother right there. He's the better-looking brother. There's three of us, and he's the best-looking one. I used to be better-looking than him, but then I lost all my hair. And so, like, hair is a big deal, you know what I'm saying? Some of you guys are like, no, I don't know what you're saying. I met Michelle. Through social media, a friend on social media. I love social media. If you hate social media, you're using it wrong. It can be the most encouraging thing. You can meet cool, cool people. I met a guy named Dave this week, and he had the same haircut as I do, and uh, just a super, super, super nice guy. And um, <clears throat> that was a sidebar sermon time. <clears throat> I called my I called Diana one time, and um, and we talked for two hours. It was before cell phones. You couldn't back in the day, guys. You couldn't just text a girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Back then, it didn't happen. You had to call her and say, hey, girl, hey. Like, you had to call her. So I called her, and I talked to her for two hours. It was awesome. I was just making sure she still liked me, you know what I'm saying? I was a little bit insecure back then. I had to make sure she still likes me, and so I'm like, hey, uh, I, you know, just, how's it going? You know, I hadn't seen her for a while. It was summer, It was summer, and we, we, lived right, we lived right up the street from each other in, in, in all of our lives, and we didn't meet each other until thousands of miles away at, at Bible College, and I met her there, and so she goes away for the summertime, and I'm calling her, and I'm talking to her. I'm like, hey, girl, hey, I miss you. Come back. I need you, girl. You know, I was, I was smooth back then, and uh, <clears throat> I, I, got done, I got done talking to her for two hours. It was awesome. Man, I was like, Man, that, was, that was awesome. Well, I got to college, and my dad said, my, my dad called me one day, or my mom, I can't remember which one it was, and I said, hey, we, we got the phone bill, and uh, that, that call was expensive. Did you, did you talk to Diana this summer? I said, yeah, I talked to her this summer. He said, it was a little bit expensive. I said, you know, why well, was it expensive? I said, I just got on the phone I called her. And they explained to me, son, as I'm 19 years old, 18 years old. And he said, son, when you call from Orlando, Florida to Nairobi, Kenya, that's called long distance. That's called, not even long distance, it's international. And I think I got a bill for like two or $300. And I told my dad, I was like, hey, man, I'm up at college. You know I ain't got no money. I have to owe you. You know what I'm saying? Like, cover me. <laughs> He's like, I've been covering you for 20 years. It's the time you start covering yourself. But I called Diana, and I was so glad to talk to her. Man, I mean, I, I was just hearing her voice and, and talking to her and, and spending time on the phone. I was like, man, this is awesome because I can't see her, but I could talk to her on the phone. I believe this today. <clears throat> and if you have a worship guide there's a place called Notes. I believe in this room in here today that Jesus is calling some of you and I. And you have a split moment to maybe answer, or maybe to, like to, maybe nowadays we have that cool feature on our phone that if you don't want to answer, you can hit call back later, or I'm busy, or there's a couple other things, I don't use them, or there's a button that says custom. And I think a lot of us in our lives, we've been to a place where we felt like Jesus was calling us, and we had a custom message. And maybe it said something like, when God told me to start this church, the first thing in our mouth was, God, not right now, and not me. Please, not me. And you just put a custom mess in there. God, things are really tough right now. I'm just not quite ready to answer the call. Or God, I've had some, I've had some really bad things happen to me. Did you know this? Most people in this room have had something bad happen to them. So you're at a great place. And we're like, God, I just One of the things that we say at our church is that if you come here, you don't have to get cleaned up to come here. And when you get here, we're not going to clean you up. The only person that can clean you up is God and Jesus. And so I want to say to you today, if you're in here today and you're like trying to figure out, man, am I supposed to answer this phone call from God? Am I supposed to answer this call from Jesus? The answer is yes. And there's no strings attached with Jesus. And isn't that something? Because most of us are grown up in a church where we think... If I get saved, now I get this list of things I'm supposed to go out and do. And those things aren't bad things. They're not bad things at all. But you know what happens is as Jesus calls us, we answer the call, then the list becomes more important than the person. The list of do's and don'ts that we've developed in our mind is becomes more important than the person of Jesus Christ. And, and I want you to know that it's, it's, it's the call from Jesus today that's going to change you. Not a list of rules that you've been giving in the past from a place that you don't go to anymore or from a parent maybe that you thought, man, this is the list of things that you're supposed to do and don't do. I said this last week. Even I listen to the podcast. I critique myself on, the, on, the, on my biggest critic. Tear myself apart. I'm like, that was stupid. Why'd you say that? <clears throat> One of the things in there. Um, and, and the I listen to the whole thing. There's a lot of a lot of little things that I just. It's good for me to hear them because they remind me. And one of the things that reminded me last week is that I mean you just don't have to get yourself cleaned up to be here. Jesus does that. Jesus at our church, Jesus is the big deal. It's not the person up here communicating. The hope is not, and, and people are a big deal here, but Jesus is the big deal here. And I believe this. As long as Jesus is the big deal here, God will do what he's supposed to do here. I believe that if Jesus is the big deal in your life, then you'll do what you're supposed to do. And all those things will shape out what they're supposed to shape out. Jesus is calling you. Matthew chapter 14. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite verses. Matthew chapter 14, Verse 22. <clears throat> I'm going to read it, um, but I want you to get there if, you, if you're using an app. Um, if you're using an app, we're in the New Living Translations. One of the highlights of my week last week was when we got down at church last week, a lot of you guys came back to the orange room and said, I don't have a Bible. And we gave out Bibles. And I love that. That was like that was like my highlight is seeing people get Bibles. And so today, another commercial for Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, you can walk out the door and say, can I get a Bible? And um, my sister who you saw up here today, say, there's six of us. In case you feel like you're like deja vuing you're not. There's six of us. And it just There's female versions of us, you know, and there's male versions of us. So she'll be back, again. we'd love to give you a Bible. That won't be awkward. Um, just say, hey, can I get a Bible, and they'll give you one. We don't charge for them either. So they're free. You can just have them, okay? Um, what kind of church charges for Bibles? I don't know, but this one doesn't. Matthew chapter 14. One of my favorite, favorite verses and stories in the Bible. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. <clears throat> in the previous verses, Jesus feeds 5,000 people with a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. And then when they were done, they had leftovers. They had leftovers. They had a few pieces of fish and a few loaves of bread. They take it, they put it in buckets, and they divide it out to 5,000 men, the Bible says. That doesn't count the women or the children. 5,000 people. Could you imagine? 5,000 people. And when they got done with it, they had leftovers. And just a freebie for taking notes today, this is just, this is something extra. I believe this, that God always has more for his, for his children. There's always more with God. There's always more with God. Matthew 22. Admittedly, after he had saw this happen, they fed the 5,000 people. Jesus t- insisted his disciples get back in the boat, and they cross over to the other side of the lake. <clears throat> While he sent the people home, verse 23, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there all alone. We live in such a fast-paced society. It's okay to be by yourself sometimes, catching a break. That's okay. One of the, most, one of the biggest spiritual disciplines that we should have as believers is a Sabbath modeled by the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ. So moms and dads, quit running yourself ragged. You're like, oh, my kids my kids need me to do that. They don't. They need spankings. No, I'm just kidding. Take a break. It's okay. Put them in their room. I, I told you this last week. I like it when I can't find my kids. Because that means it's quiet wherever I'm at. It's okay to take a break. Jesus was going away to pray. Even Jesus himself needed to rest. If, is it, is this is just common sense. If Jesus needed a rest, don't you think you and I need to? No, I'm strong. I'm powerful. Everyone that sees me now, like, man, you look tired. I'm like, I am tired. I need a rest. I'm going on vacation soon for a couple of days with my wife. Can't wait. Verse 24. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land. They're in the boat. A strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About 3 o'clock in the morning... Jesus came toward them walking on the water. That's creepy, by the way, just so you know. It would be creepy if I came knocking on your door. I don't know where any of you guys live at. I can check our database, but I'm not going to. But if I just came knocking on your door, you'd be like, oh, man, this guy, he's gone too far. Like, the emails were cool. The phone calls were cool. But now he's at our house. Asking, I'll probably be asking you for coffee. The Reno's bring me that. It's one of the reasons why I like this church is because they bring me coffee. That's why I come every week. <clears throat> They see Jesus walking on the water, and they shout out, "It's a ghost!" By the way, I'm glad they found that king cobra. Aren't you? I wasn't afraid. Of, I'm. I mean, when you're a kid, you're afraid of the dark. But I'm. I'm 30. Almost. I'm 33 years old, and I've gotten a little bit okay with, you know, my afraid of the dark issues. But when you live on it, I don't even know what road I live on. I live over by Koei High School, and I think the road I live on is a, a pop go Cody Road. But like. I don't know how far that King Cobra was from me, but it little on the same street as me. So I was nervous. It could have been 20 miles away. It could have been two miles away for all I know, but I'm glad they caught it. That's all I'm saying. I'm mad they gave it back to the guy who let it out, but, and they only fined him $336. I had a problem with that. I think the fine should be bigger so that way he wouldn't lose it again. And, um, and while I'm at it, I'm just glad I'm not the lady who found it underneath her dryer. I would have fell over and still be there. They would have to resuscitate me (laughs) with those shocky paddles. I've always wanted that done to me, by the way. Verse 27 Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. He said, I want to walk on the water. And Jesus says, Come. So Peter went over to the other side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out. He grabbed him. And he said this, you've got little faith. Jesus said, why did you doubt me? 32. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. The disciples worshiped him. And they said this, you really are the son of God. They exclaimed, Do you ever feel like that story where maybe Jesus calls you and and maybe you answer, maybe you don't answer, but you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, but then you start to drown? Not in these exact words, but a lot of the phone calls that God says, I feel like I'm drowning. And Jesus is saying, hey, come to me. Hey, come here. Come here, kid. I got you. I'm going to help you. And so... Abel's going to come up here. I'm going to finish my sermon. i got two things to tell you today. They're simple. Um, write this down. This isn't part of my notes, but write down this. <clears throat> this guy wanted to get out of the boat. And just write this down. The boat isn't bad, but on the water it's better. The boat isn't bad. Don't get me wrong. The boat's not bad. Where you're at probably isn't a bad place. You're like, good, because I feel like I'm doing pretty good. You feel like you're doing pretty good. Maybe you are, but the boat's not bad or in your comfort, it's really not bad there, but it could be better. Like the boat was rocking and it was storming back and forth, but Peter was like, hey, I want to get out of this boat. I'll tell you why you want to get out of the boat in in a second. I also wrote down this before I give you my my two things I want to give you. Walking on the water, it's not a calculated risk. Walking on the water, it's not a calculated risk. Following Jesus is not a calculated risk. You know what it is? It's a calling. And you just step out there. When you were a kid, did you ever try to run back far away from a pool and then start running as fast as you can to see how far you can get across the water? There's guys that do that. They they've figured out the math so they can see how far. These guys time how far they can get out on the water. They run as far as they can. Getting out of the boat, it's not a calculated risk. I know this, but it's better out there with Jesus. Any day of the week, it's better out there with Jesus. It's not better in this church building. It's better with Jesus. That's our sermon. And so here's the thing. If Jesus is calling you, I want to tell you what comes with that calling. Here's the first thing. Connection comes with the call. Connection, write that down. Connection comes with the call. Say the word connection. 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 Connection comes with calling. <clears throat> what you really need in life, I'm gonna tell you, it's not more rules. You know what it is? You need connection. You know who you need connection with Jesus. Everyone in life, the Bible says is that God has made everyone in a, in a pursuit of something. You know what that something is? It's a connection with Jesus. It's what, that's why he's calling you, because you need a connection with him. He's not calling you because he's bored he's looking for somebody else. He's not just going through it. You ever go through your phone like, I wanna, let me figure out who I'm going to call today. Or pull out your phone and go through your Facebook and say, who can, I, who can I send a message to? I don't do that. And you don't either. You call people with intention because you want connection with that person you want connection a connection with Jesus is the most important connection that you have financial connection is that bad no but out under the water with Jesus that, that connection is way better relationships they're good and there's nothing wrong with them but a connection with a relationship with a person who created relationships that connection is better is stuff bad a connection to your stuff is it is it is that bad absolutely not but a connection with Jesus is so much better. I, I got a good connection with my academics. I'm, doing, I'm a high school kid and I'm, I'm doing really good with my academics. It's not bad, but a connection with Jesus is so much better. If you feel like you're drowning, you fit the majority of people. If you feel like you're drowning, you fit the majority of people. That's, that's the majority. That's good news, right? Most people feel like they're drowning. They're trying to make sense of it all. You know what you're missing? A connection. Jesus. you're in the boat or your house or you're in this group of people, or you're doing this thing. It's not bad. It's not bad. I'll never give you a list of rules. My connection points at the end or my takeaways for you guys, they'll never be tied to a rule. Because rules are meant to be broken. But a connection with Jesus is meant to be embraced. Connection comes with a calling. It's nice to have someone hold your hand every once in a while. But the person that can hold it the best is a person whose name is Jesus. I had a friend he said that he used to say this. You going on a date with Diana? Yeah. Said, yeah, it was, it was an old pastor. He said, Now, when you go on a date with you, when you go on a date with, with your girlfriend and you get in the car, he would tell the girls, bring your Bible with you. And put it right between you and, and, and the girl you like. So if he's gonna touch you, he's gonna cross over Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John first. <clears throat> it was a good principle. But man, rules aren't a bad thing, but a connection with Jesus is so much better. Here's the second thing. Not as a connect, not, not as, not as connection comes with calling, but a covering comes with a calling. A covering comes with a calling. The best covering you could ever get is a covering from Jesus. A covering from Jesus. My sister who camped here today, um, she works with an organization that our church is tied to. It's called World Hope, and we start churches in, in in third world countries. And so there's a Hope Church in Winter Garden. There's a Hope Church in Detroit, one of the most darkest places in the world. If you want to go to the most darkest place in the world, go to Detroit. You don't have to leave our, you don't have to leave America to find poverty. A bankrupt city found out that credit the, the, the 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 mayor was using the credit card at places he shouldn't be using a credit card and got declined. The city is bankrupt. They're on the uprise. We're there to establish hope. Nairobi, Kenya, there's a little church there. Start as a little church. <clears throat> it's on this place that were the most grotesque and most unimaginable things happened to kids and babies and ladies and murder and a terrible place. But we're there to establish hope there in Nicaragua, and so there's these hopes churches all over the place. My sister was just in Detroit, and she just got back from there. And last week I got done, and a young lady said to me, "I want to go on a missions trip. And if you want to go on a missions trip with our church, you can tell you go on a missions trip. We go to Detroit, we go to Nairobi, Kenya. You can go to any of those places with us. <clears throat> but you know the thing that we offer in all these places—a covering." We offer that. We offer a covering. And can I tell you today, and I'm gonna tell you right now, the covering is a color and the covering is red and it's the blood of Jesus. And that sounds so weird, but the best covering you can have is a covering from Jesus. Jesus. When I see you, I see people. I don't see white, black, Spanish, Asian, whatever you, I don't see that. If you're a son or daughter of Jesus Christ, I see the same color Jesus sees. I see blood because that's the covering in which we have. And that covering is a game changer. That covering is a game changer. Peter said, I want connection with Jesus. And if it means I got to leave the the boat that's rocking and going nuts I will walk on the water to be with Jesus and did you notice in the story he began to sink down the reason why he began to sink down is because he needed a covering that day and Jesus said son get up and here's what I think happened next speculation I wasn't there in case you didn't know I'm getting old and I got gray hairs now. and It's maturity, but I think Jesus went and picked him up. And I think he walked over and he picked him up. And I think he did just like this. He put his arm around. This is Abel. I know you're thinking, is he one of your brothers? He's not. But it'd be okay if you were. We're brothers. We're brothers. Not like brother, but we're brothers. I think he said, come on, Peter. I can't walk Abel away from the keyboards because it sounds spiritual when he plays at the end like this, but I, why did I say that? I think he put his arm around him and said, Come on, bud. I think that covering, he just said, and I think he walked him just like this. Come on, buddy. I got you. And walked him all the way over, said, Get in the boat. That day, he was connected with Jesus in a way he was never, ever connected he was covered in a way that he was never ever connected and covered and today we want you to we want to give you an opportunity to have that connection and that covering every week we've had this church someone has raised their hand and said i need jesus to save me every week and i just believe in a church like this where new people are coming every week that there are people that are looking for hope and that hope is a person his name is jesus and they raise their hand and say, I need that. And they pray or pray that says, dear Jesus, I need you to save me. And then they take out this connection card and they write on there, they, 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 go, they put their name on there and on the top they say, I'm committing my life to Christ. And that's why we exist. we exist to bridge the gap between people and Jesus. By all means necessary. Anything short of sin. And that line is gray for us. Because <laughs> we want people to encounter Jesus, not another religious hour of the week. We want people to encounter Jesus. It's why we give out Bibles. One of the best emails you could probably send this week is an email saying to me, I got that Bible. And this will be okay if you send this email. Or you call me this week because people call me. You get my number on the back of that worship guide. The best thing you can say to me this week is, hey, I got this Bible. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with it. Because isn't that the case for most people? We get Bibles and we don't even know what to do with them. It's how you get that. It's how you deepen that connection with Jesus through his word. And so we want to give you an opportunity to have that connection and that covering from Jesus today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to today's message. Visit us at HopeWinterGarden.com to connect with us.